have just entered the building with your boys, King and Sane. Welcome to Shop Talking Random-ish, where conversation rules the nation and no topic is off limits. You know, this ain't nothing but healthy conversation. Now welcome your hosts, Rick King and Will Sane. Fake jacks, I make maneuvers like Hitler, sticking up with German 
the mister. Met for Cal from Staten now. We'll be back after this mess. Don't touch the down. Rarely do you see an MC out for justice. Got my gunpowder and my musket. Blah out. Melons get swellings. I paint mental pictures like Magellan. Half of my clans repeat felons. The infamous protect they joints the nine nickels. Man, I stay on point like icicles. Now who wanna test the cow? Then test the cow. All up in your mid off with my mouth. Headbanger bookie. Catch me on tour with Al Dougie. Let the man hold too tight. You can't pull me. Better take one and pass. Oh, that's bad. Your vital statistics are low when falling fast. Johnny Blaze out to get loot like Johnny Cash. Play your game of Russian roulette and have a blast. Hey, yo. Lyrical guest spitting the criminal tactics. Non-believers get my gym itching and two backwards. Let's face it. There's no replacement. Taste this. Mad underground basement. This shit I'm laced with. Avalanche on your whole camp when I'm splitted. Fuck Dr. Who spot once you get it twisted. I got connects like Federal Express to get the fresh package of blast. The dogs can't fetch. Got the clear spot from the rear block. Two bust till every teardrop. Men I fear not. Hold your nose and blow out till your ears pop. Since your crew suit you, the missions that you claim that your gears lock. Whip this underground. Cannabis, I'm dangerous like John the Bomb Analyst. Flipping seeds like keys. My degrees freeze consecutively like EPMD LPs. Lick off a shot and hit your fan by mistake. So I erase the whole front row at the weight. I plant my escape in case J. Wall snake busted. I'm the one pushing the hearse in the first place. Confidence for you shaky ass folks. Pump for Rockefeller for the day he got smoke. Choke off this antidote. Got you old get roast by my lyrical Billy D45 coat. And I'm out for What's the deal? What's the deal? What's the deal? What up, Y? This is talking randomish. You forgot the title? No, I ain't forget the title. Oh. But it was like I had a whole bunch of things I was starting to say, <laughs> but I couldn't figure out how to say none of them. <laughs> yeah. So I just started right now. What's good, y'all? Good people. This is Rick with talking randomish. This ain't nothing but some good old-fashioned barbershop style conversation. It's with your boy Rick and King and Sane. Sane ain't here. But we do have the lovely starlight in the building with us tonight. Hello, Miss Lady. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's been a long time. It has. We ain't been together in a while. Oh, yeah, man. I ain't seen you. I ain't seen you in a while. Yeah, you know. We got some... Who, who on the boys tonight? <laughs> Old school. Old school boys got a little soap on me tonight. I look a little different. It's not the face we used to see. This the same face. Oh, okay. A lot less light. You know, like wait, the light skin quarter just 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 diminished a little bit. I got a tan. Oh, yes, wow. I see. I see you all down in Florida. You are. So, you yeah, are. I see. You, you stayed on the on the beach. <laughs> But yeah, man, this ain't nothing but some good old-fashioned barbershop-style conversation. You know how we do it up here in this barbershop. Just talking around the You know, last week we had an exciting program. and The week before that, it was exciting, too. Yes, it was. Miss um, Starlight held it down the week before. Last week, we got on the religion a little bit. Then we're we going we gonna to do what we do, man. You know how we yeah. do it around right here in this, this barbershop, talking around the Miss Barbershop. Um, you know our motto. Nothing is taboo. No conversation is taboo. We, you know how we do it around here. Yeah. Um, if you want to holler at your folk, 
please come in the barbershop at 404-603-8770. If you're in your mammy basement, please let her know it's not one of them nine 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 it gonna be plenty static. <laughs> if it ain't no static, then I don't know what I'm doing here. <laughs> That's what I do. I, I bring a little static, piss somebody off. I can say that. Yeah, piss a few people, people, make a few people mad, <laughs> and then you know how I do. Um, just throwing up some things, my man. Oh, great! Cause I'm finna get these sports. Check on. us out on Facebook. Yeah, we all on, on Facebook. Y'all on Facebook? Yeah, Everybody's I mean, on Facebook. hey, but for real. Um, Thank you, Zuckerberg. We appreciate and, that. And the, and the number two, your mammy basement, is one triple eight nine two six seven five six two. And um, please, you all, you can also come in the barbershop on Talking Random Ish Live. We all Facebook Live, and if um the YouTube is Talking Random Ish, yep. please like us, subscribe to us. We gonna hit you from a lot of different things, but um. I'm just saying, tell the folks where to find you. Well, you can find me at, um, I live in, um, Oh, my, my, my. Not that uh, part. That's not, that's <laughs> no, not what I was that's not what we were saying. That's not what y'all was saying. not what we meant. Uh, oh, I thought you said tell them where to find it, but yeah. The shop does not need stalkers, sir. Oh. <laughs> nah, you can, put, you can find us on plenty at, uh, like I say, on the. All the socials. All yeah, the okay, socials. Right. Talking random-ish. And everything. Yes, that is T-A-L-K-N random ish. Y'all talking random There is no I in the talking. There is no I in the talking. No, there's no I in talking. No, it's T-A-L-K-N-A-B-C-D-E-L-G. We got my man group G G. See how y'all say how you did that? A V, we jumped right on G. That's called a segue. <laughs> Somebody know their job. Remember when people used to ride those? Uh, yes. <laughs> I think people still do. They're yeah. they're called mall cops. Yeah, you know. And now they got scooter vans. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Good job with that. Man, that City man. of Atlanta. Appreciate Have y'all ever... Why do they on scooters be laying down? Because people don't stand them up and put the kickstand up. They just No, 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 no. There got to be another reason for it. Because all... Why they're just on the ground? Yes, they just laying down on the ground. Because people, if if they're the ones that you pay for to to ride a couple miles, they done. And they were like, all right, I'm not paying no more. They just drop them. They just drop them? There's a kickstand that you're supposed to put down. They're not asked to put them in a safe place. They're not. Okay, because I mean, you I have plenty of times because I do a lot of work downtown. And um, they just a pile of them just land there. Yeah, I'm talking land. They land. Yeah. And you know what? There's some dude who rents a U-Haul van. Actually, I've one of the little yeah. trucks. They're now puts like them the all in there, takes them. them home, charges them up. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's 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 money in it. Man, yeah. I got how your electric bill look though. If, you just, if it's just one, like a couple of nights a week. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of like but charging. There's, 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 money. there's the yeah. like. What is, that's good money in that. Yeah. But you, I mean, because if you, you have, have to all, have yeah. your, you have them all GPS. So you pull it up on your app. Like, okay, I have five sitting over here. I got six over there. Like, I got one random one right here. Yeah. Got to make sure I pick that up. But you have got to have them back sitting in this certain spot by in the morning. Yeah. 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 But that's not why you, Greg. Greg, I need to get these sports off. Let's get it. <laughs> what the hell, your Cowboys gonna do, man? Man, I don't know, man. Oh, y'all gonna play that boy? Uh I'm reasonable, though. I'm a reasonable Cowboys fan, okay? I know we won those three Super Bowls 
25 years ago. Well, yeah, y'all ain't ran that. Y'all ain't <laughs> won them. Many. Y'all got this many. We have this many overall. I, like, I won a championship hand. since y'all did. Y'all got <laughs> nah, that, that, that win. Who remember that? I'm just saying they and, got uh, a whole hand. Who remember that? I didn't that. say it was remember. I just said they who had a whole hand. Who remember that? When Falcons fans try to come at me, I just say just win one. But just y'all, win one. But just win we've one, been, though. We've been since just y'all been there. Y'all got to go. Win one, Y'all hadn't even been close. Win one, How many playoff games y'all won? Okay. Two. Name I know. Me. Since '95, we won two playoff games. Uh-huh. But but win By a Super Bowl, day. win a Super Bowl, and then come talk to me. That's your go-to. Eagles fans just got to talk to us. <laughs> you, that's your go-to. It is sad. That's the all you got. Win really one. Talk to y'all, talk to y'all with the that's your go-to. And y'all been in the same. Look, boat. we can say that like the Steelers can say win one. Yeah. The Patriots can say win one. The that's Eagles can say win one. That's y'all go-to. Win one. That's y'all go-to. That's all win y'all got. One. With your since recency you bias, win one. Since, since you ain't going to get back. <laughs> win one. <laughs> Y'all going to pay that running back, man? We try. Y'all going to pay Zeke, man? We we need to pay Zeke, man. Like, I, what I don't like, and I've said this a couple times on a couple other shows, is that I don't like that the position that you play determines what kind of money you can make. Yeah. Because that's what, um, that that's the hold up here. I'm not saying he should get $25 million a year like a quarterback, but should he be the highest paid back in the league and reset the market for running backs? I think so. Because that's going to look good for Melvin Gordon because he's going to get his money eventually. It looks good for – it will look good for Saquon Barkley in a couple of years to get his money. Well, the biggest argument is – Especially if he keeps Eli. With a job? Oh, oh no. If they got no, they, they can't, they they can't, can't keep, keep Eli. They got to get they rid of Eli. They can't they keep Eli much they, longer. They, no, they, uh-huh. they can't Eli, do that. Eli, Eli wants is, them to find him a backup. He wants to well, go. Well, uh, uh, I, I saw he some Giants fans go. overreacting to Daniel Jones last night. Well, he went five <laughs> for five. Ooh, preseason. preseason. Thank you. Preseason. Preseason. See you Thank in September, Okay, see, my problem with your team right now is – they got three players they need to pay. Well, they're all they're all young. Um, we gonna talk, Amari, no, no, no. Amari we gonna talk is about 24, that 25. Yes. Dak is 24, 25. Uh-huh. Zeke is 24, 25. So yeah. you're if you sign them, you're giving yourself a four year, three to three to five year window yes. to win a championship. Yes. And is Jerry trying to win one before he kicks the bucket? He need to sign all them boys. Jerry ain't gonna die. He evil. Jerry's evil. He ain't gonna die. Look, it's been a long like look. Palpatine. That is why Zeke is an evil. He's at an age now. He knows it could be any minute. Nope. It could be any minute now. But it don't matter how many young girls he got twerking on him in the in the hotel. Hey, that was it. Could be any minute. Hey, you keep your young. Keep your youth. He can go out like Joe Jack. He he could end up going out like Joe Jack. Keep the young girls around you. Keep your youthful. But it could happen any minute. Yeah, you know. Joe, he was on the. Oh, Joe, Joe Jackson was on, was yeah, on, was on, was on the pill. The blue pill. It had a stroke. <laughs> he was trying to get it in. <laughs> we ain't going to act like it didn't help. <laughs> we ain't going to act like it didn't help. Joe, Joe was still trying Joe, to do what he do. Nope. Joe heard Michael about to do a heaven concert and he uh, felt he needed some No, money, so he no. Joe, Joe was still in these That's streets. As they might Joe say. had popped a couple pills. <laughs> well, Joe, Joe, Joe was He went to Brazil. He had some pills. To do. Had to go do some stuff. But seriously though, I hate the internet. Cause like now I cannot unsee the Ewok. <laughs> Unless he cuts his hair, I will not unsee this Ewok now. 
And it makes sense because a couple years ago, that we had the old Phantom Menace and, you know, the original or the second trilogy come out. Jerry was Palpatine, and it made sense. Now it's like, that's why the Ewok is on your team trying to get money. Because you know, it's like, see, I can't, I can't. Disney just go need to go ahead and partner with them so Zeke can get his money. Because if they put in money, he definitely can get money. Them boys don't need no what's money. Gonna be on nobody that. else to put no what, money. What's interesting, like I, like, I don't like how the position, the position you play determines how much money you yeah. can make. And with I feel like value. in the next CBA that's going to come up in 2021, Prepare for for people listening. Prepare for a strike in two years. No, no, the in biggest, football? the biggest, going to be yes, it's our strike, lockout, work stoppage, whatever you're going to call it. Because this was going to happen. the The players are going to ask for stuff like, "Look, we want, we don't want y'all to test for CBD anymore. We don't want this uh, position slotting for salary." No. We, there's going to be some other stuff they what don't they, want. They need to and talk then about. what the owner's going to ask for exchange, okay, we want y'all to play 18 games, 20 games. Well, see, or if, we want y'all to practice in pads every day. And there ain't no more voluntary uh, off-season workouts. You're going to come to every off-season workout. So they're going to ask for stuff in exchange. Gonna, and the player's like, hey, we don't want to do that. And then there's going to the be a walkout. Well, well, see, the biggest thing I think they need to talk about is these rookie contracts. These first, especially the first round five, rookie contract. What's wrong with them now? Huh? What's wrong with them now? Because they have X. In the problem with what Zeke is going they, through, they, are, they, they, are, have, they have they have them for four years with the player op, with the with the team option. So if they pick up that option, they have them for five years, and then they, they can they then, then they can redshirt them. Oh, not redshirt them. They franchise, get a franchise, franchise tag for two years. So that's really seven years yeah, that they, they go, can they, they can hold these too. guys on the on the, they can hold these guys hostage for seven years mm-hmm. and never pay these guys. They're gonna ask for that then too. So to me, that's the biggest problem, and well, that's why the, Zeke. But the thing is, it's not like okay. The owners aren't going to be like okay, we won't do that anymore. We see how that's not fair. No, yeah. they're going no, no, to no, ask no, no, for no. something exactly. in exchange. Yeah. Exactly. But to me, that's one of the biggest problems, especially with this running back position that they are so devaluing. That to me is the biggest problem because Zeke is in his third year and he He's has totally outperformed. He has totally outperformed this contract and the value of him on that football team. I know everybody want to say this is a passing he, lead. Well, he won't. He won't get paid according to his value. No. He'll get. I mean, he he will get paid according to his value. Right now, the running highest back? paid running back, yeah. Gurley. Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley. At about thirteen, fourteen million. And they paid him, and then his knee is going. And now to he hit. got arthritis. But that, that always happens as soon as you get that pay. What? Well, no, it happens with any running back no, no. to where, like, it really, your first with six everybody. years. Well, no. really, with running backs, your first six years. Oh yeah. Like. Like a lot of running backs are have to do so much to get to that second contract. They, like look at Le'Veon Bell; yeah. he was trying to get to that second contract. Was it the but second one? This was, was his still, second. No, 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 one. This, he he was on the rookie. Well, yeah, yeah, he, he was on the rookie, rookie one. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. He went through that. They franchised that. He played through that. They tried to franchise tag him again. Yes, when he was like, "Now I'm good." Yes, and see, that's the thing. But you—that's what I'm saying. That's the. They need to get rid of that first round rookie contract. Thing with, to with change you, the, the rookie contract thing now because now they're just starting to get the fully guaranteed contract. Like before, when it was like Matt Stafford yeah. and Sam Bradford getting <laughs> seventy million dollars before they even played a game, and I get yeah. that they I get changed that. that. So I they started that. with Cam Newton to where no, you're going to get thirty million dollars, and we you might play, pay you, you get. for yeah. the fifth year. Yeah. yeah, but now, but now starting with uh, last year. And now this year they're getting the fully guaranteed contracts. 
Yes. So now, if they're like, okay, we don't want to do, but we don't want to have full, the. There's only one fully guaranteed contract. No, they're the most of most of the first round contracts are fully guaranteed. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, the first the round, first yeah, round, yeah, first, first round, round, first round, fully yeah, guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. First round draft. But yeah. now it's like, okay, well, we want to get bigger contracts, or we don't want to, we don't, we want to get rid of the franchise tag. Big, but, but now then, the owners oh. are like, okay, well, we want to pay you less money, or we want you to pay play twenty games now. Th- didn't the Bosa brothers? Didn't the no, negotiate out of the four years that they well, there's offset language as far as like if they get in trouble or if something happens, they the uh, the team can get out of the contract. Yes. Or if you uh, if you if they don't pick up your fifth year option and you go to another team. Uh, the team, the team that you go to, can actually pay you less than what your team, the your team that team you were that on. It you, was, yeah. it's, it's, it's called offset language. Yeah, I don't the know offset, all yeah, the parameters, I know, I know the, yeah. but I know it's something I know the like both, that. They I, probably want to get rid of that too, but the yeah. owners still want something in exchange. Oh yeah, they go yes, but, but, but to, like I say, to me, the biggest problem is that first round rookie deal because they have they 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 basically have you in limbo, and, and when you, especially a running back. Whose average lifetime lifespan is Saquon? Years. Saquon had three hundred and fifty touches last year. Yeah, yeah. three fifty. Yeah. So you know they he got hitting four hundred this year. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And you, he ain't got no choice. But, but I got a question though. Like, okay, we talking about owners and like speaking to Jerry and all them. They old as dirt. Eventually, they not gonna be here. But if you look and at the like second generation, and the, but if they keep saying. it in the family, but, yeah, it's, they're go, it's but, gonna be worse. But that's the thing, though. That's like Daniel if Snyder. if they can keep it in the family, because now if you look at all these other leagues, what's coming in is now your younger, business-minded only people. So like with that, I see that this doesn't money mean that issue. They're necessarily good. Like, no, look, that's the thing. I see the money issue being a, being a horrible thing. Even look worse. At, look at the Raiders. Mark Davis is a second generation owner. Yeah. We don't know if the Raiders are going to be any good. If Stephen Jones ends up owning, oh, that's you talking to the mic. Sorry, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. But, though. Like, but if, if you look at if Stephen Jones ends up taking over the Cowboys, uh, it the team may get worse depending on what kind of decisions he make. But it doesn't I mean have it doesn't mean that him, though, somebody's going to it doesn't else. mean somebody's going to come no, in and, and saying, buy the Davis, Cowboys. The saying, like they're valued at five billion dollars. But no, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying these people that want to come in and buy into these leagues. Like if you look at all the other leagues, it's, and if it's you so look difficult. at what it's was so, it, the, it's so um, difficult. The, uh, it's probably the easiest in the NBA, the league. but the NFL and, and baseball. Yeah. But if it's, you it's, if you look at what happened, if you look at what happened with what was it the league that the Atlanta Legends was in, that whole league. Was tanking money from the beginning because it was just a business minded dude no, they had who a, had enough money. No, it wasn't that. It wasn't that. No, I'm like, saying no. he messed up his whole plan. No, the, to the come in. No, he got impatient. Yes, the guy who 100%. invested. The guy who invested two hundred fifty million dollars. No, not him. He, I'm talking about the actual, the original guy that started it. He well, no, their 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 plan had to change, and then when the guy came in to invest the two hundred fifty million, he got impatient. Yeah, yeah. Towards like this, like, the, pl- the original plan is like we like, want this to be like kind of a league to where people can go to the NFL. Yeah, but it's going to take two to three years. The guy who invested the two hundred fifty million dollars, no, we want to do this now. Yeah. And the and the NFL is like, no, no like why would we do that right yeah, now? Yeah, it's like we didn't even do that with Canada. It's not how it works. Well, it would have been we two years. With... They could have renegotiated in the new CBA in twenty twenty one. No, one hundred. But he didn't want to wait that long. But that's what I'm saying. It's like you have people that have money but they have no idea how the sport itself works 
and how the business does sport where they just a like, lot I know of them business don't know. and money. A lot of them don't know. And that's that's what, the scare. That's what I'm seeing yeah. now coming going into the future. Is like just because you got money, just because you know business, if you don't know what you're getting into, just stay out of it. The original guys who were running the AAF, they were in. The, they worked in the NFL. They knew they needed the money, but they didn't know that that investor was going to screw them like that. Like this is going to. This is. They saw this like this is a process to yeah. to work with the NFL. Yeah. He's like, no, we can work with the NFL now. And the NFL was like, why? We have no reason to work with you right now. Yeah. AB. They took their people though. Is he playing Antonio this year? Bryant. <laughs> this. Brown. Brown. Him too. <laughs> Tony O'Brien is a totally different receiver. <laughs> Antonio Brown. Let's talk about it for about uh, Yeah. Uh the frostbite, uh the helmet, the the hot air balloon. He's um, done a lot the haircut. Like I there, told somebody this dude was going to be a prop. He did there, a lot in like 30 days. <laughs> this dude is a prop. There are stories that like in meetings, everyone has like tablets and stuff. He's on his tablet on Instagram, checking his bank account. Um, I think they said they didn't mind that as much. But what they did mind is the whole helmet thing. Uh, he wants to wear his old helmet. He just came out and said but today. But he knew about that for yeah. a year. They said, look, your helmet's not approved. And yeah. it probably won't be approved next year, so you need to wear a new helmet. He's like, no, I don't want to wear a new helmet. He well, came out today and said, you got to wear a new helmet. If they I don't, don't want to do that. If he can't wear Can his start old helmet, he's going to retire. Over a helmet. Can he just go no, this away? Dude is a problem. What he needs to worry about is whoever uh, was in charge of telling him to use the cryotherapy chamber <laughs> without wearing socks <laughs> or but whatever like proper footwear he's supposed to have. That's one thing you definitely cover up. Everybody knows when they go in there. You protect your feet. He and he's a receiver. I, receivers take you care of their feet. Your yeah. feet. I followed Chad Ochocinco on Twitter he for years. He his got feet. pedicures every year. Yeah, you gotta keep. Yeah, you gotta, like you, I mean, like you Chad ain't been feet. playing in how long? He still he still gets feet. pedicures. He's like, I'm still well, he taking plays, care of. He plays soccer now. He plays soccer now, but still, he still takes care of. Yeah, I do. Dog, this dude. And see, and and but I knew he was gonna be a problem when he went out there because Derek Carr. Well, Derek Carr doesn't throw the ball more than five yards down the field. Exactly. And with Gruden, it's it, he may not throw it more than three, three yards down the field. Yeah. You don't have to. So we were like, well, he could throw a deep to Antonio Brown. No, no he's going to throw when? a short to Antonio Brown he if he throw? shows up. Like, when is he throwing? But see, that's and, but see, and I always knew, I always thought that there was going to be a problem. He was a problem of, in Pittsburgh. Don't well, you say it was he, going out there. He's well, no. Well, well, he was part of the problem. He was part of the problem. He had a quarterback who had no accountability. Yes. That too. He, his quarterback blamed everybody but himself. But himself. Yep. So That's because they And felt he had the it. right to do they that. They coach allowed it. Well, and the most, owner allowed it. Well, most when you allow that, everybody let the quarterback, will do it. But that's most teams. Show me a team where the quarterback don't run it. Unless you fix Patrick or... Who ain't got no say? But if you, if you, he likes to Ryan. If you, no, I like Ryan Fitzpatrick. He, he gets magical every now he'll, and he'll then. Take, he'll take your, he'll take one of your players' uh, best clothes and yes, wear so. it. Anybody that can come to press conference with chains and a sweatsuit that's old, I'm with that it. That was that was funny. Hey, that, that was, was my dude. Uh, that was one of the best press conferences hey, I've I'm with it. But I mean, he he's he 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 is not even Green Bay. Speaking of Green Bay. They gonna have problems. Yeah, like if you don't look for me as far as your coach quarterback relationship, 
the coach, if I were a coach, I need to trust my quarterback. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. I'll call the plays, but as a quarterback, if you see something else, if you see something that's going to work, we need to collaborate on that. I'm not coming out saying, no, you can't change the play. Is that that yeah. young boy? Especially someone who's been in the league 15 years. Is that that young boy disease? Oh, Yeah. Like, I mean, this is, well, no, this is, well, it's more of, this is my first head coaching job. I need to exert some power right now. But, how you but I'm going to exert some power over Aaron a guy Rodgers. who's won a Super Bowl and he's won two, three MVPs, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I'm going to say, no, you can't change the play. You're going to run the play I tell you to yeah. run. But and you're going to say that to Aaron Rodgers. Yes. It's going to be a problem. It's, it's, mm-hmm. and, it, and it is a problem. Aaron Rodgers don't make that he don't make that known. He, he changed plays with under Mike McCarthy because Mike McCarthy isn't that creative yeah. as yeah. a play call. Mike they were like running so many calls. bland plays. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you get somebody who's That's creative, okay, well, you, you, your coach and your quarterback, especially if you're an offensive-minded uh, coach, you have to collaborate with your quarterback. You have to collaborate with your quarterback. Where, you don't tell your the, quarterback what to do. Where are you gotta the make it work minded co- um, coaches, though? Well, they got them. All where of them look they? like Mac LaFleur and, and what's the head coach well, from the Rams? Uh, Sean um, McVay. The, yeah, all of them Andy look like him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Doug Peterson. Well, see, this is a, I think this Matt is a young boy. I think this is a young boy thing because um, the Rams coach, what's his name? McVay. 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 Sean McVay. You, and you seen in the Super Bowl – well, he what? got a he got a young quarterback too. If it's a if it's a coach he with a young a quarterback, young I understand that saying you're not you can't change the but plays. The, but if you got a veteran, someone who's been there before, like Aaron Rodgers, yeah. you got to collaborate that with them to oh, make I, it work. And I agree with you, but I think the whole problem is these guys are so young, and then then they kind of look like McVay, and they got the whole thing, and they and everybody wants the copycat of McVay. To the point oh, yeah, where someone who's touched the yeah, hem of McVay's yes, garment yes. could be a coach. And that's how Kit, um, what's his name in Arizona got the job? Kingsbury. Yeah, because he's so pretty, his... and, and and he cu- and he touched <laughs> he touched Pat Mahomes, and so we gonna get him a job. And even though he was a trash head coach in college, um, we gotta take a break, stay here for about fifteen more minutes because we gotta get to the NBA. I did. We gotta talk about Melo. All right. About five minutes, we're gonna talk about Melo, and then we, once we after we talk about Melo, we got a special guest in. He got a new film, short film thingy thing, and he gonna talk about his thing with the movie and the everything, and we gonna get on that. Yeah. But um, if y'all wanna jump in the barbershop, please holler at your folks at four zero four six zero three eight seven seven zero. If you're in your mammy basement, please let her know. It's not one of them nine 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 nine. Freaking numbers and let her know it's nine seven six. No, they, they used to be nine nine nine. See, I know you're a little young, but it used uh, to be I, the nine nine nine. Instead of eight eight eight, it was nine seven six. No, 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 no. Oh, I'm gonna get to that. <laughs> <laughs> let her know it's a free call. It's on us. It's one triple eight nine two six seven five six two. You can also join free. us. The call is free. Talking randomish Facebook page. Please holler at your folks. We will be right black. The opinions expressed during the sponsored programs on this station are strictly those of the program hosts, guests, and callers and are not necessarily those of Beasley Broadcast Group, this station, its staff, other advertisers, or agencies. Why, oh, why must you swoop through the hood like everybody from 
hear it humming. I see it coming. Is it a bird? Yep. Is it a plane? No. I hit me a rattle right Nelson Segundo. Wanted to holler. Had to ditch the Impala. Let's see if they would follow. Me hit a fence. Hit a fence and another. Met me a baby pet bull and his mother. Ran up in some people's house and looked out the window. I wish it was my kid folk. Had to pull a trap on a fool named Louis III. Welcome black, welcome black, welcome black to Barbershop Talking Random Beach with your boy King Insane. It's your boy Brick. King is in the building. I don't know where the hell we are saying that. He's somewhere. But I do have the lovely Starlight in the building. And I got my man G Yay. from uh, Free Point Conversion. From uh, Sports Roundtable. Sports Roundtable. DNA Sports Talk. DNA yeah. Sports Talk. Uh, and the other show. And um, if <laughs> I ever get my money right. Uh, afternoon tea with Maria Wells. Uh, the Manifesto of Billy Brew. Um, uh, oh, the get, Relationship Party. You giving us your resume? Oh, the, these are these are other shows that are on this fine station. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were trying to. I <laughs> thought you were showing out. He's just letting the people oh. know there. They can hear him. Hey, Young is going through my phone, man. I, I don't know if I appreciate it. Hey, Young, Young. Hey, you better not be you going through it. my photos, bro. Young, you see it? <laughs> man, honestly, I ain't going through none of your photos. I don't need to. <laughs> hey. I'm, I'm on social media. Hey, sir. Young. Hey. <laughs> hey. Do hey, not swipe. Hey, do, do hey not just swipe don't get me right. in trouble, bro. Don't get hey, me in trouble. <laughs> ain't never over no troubles. Ain't never over troubles. Troubles. <laughs> hey, Melo. Why is Melo not in the league? Because of Carmelo Anthony. The 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 game changed on him. Uh huh. And it he is passed him by. Well, no. I mean, someone someone who's played. Oh, did you see the interview? The one who's played sixteen years. It's hard to expect him to change, but his style of play. Teams aren't. They don't want to do that. They're not anymore. dribbling and add the ball no more. Yes. Yeah. They don't want to like give some, give it to what? somebody on the wing in the post, jab, step, what? drive, and kick or something like like they don't want to do that. The interview. They want to shoot threes and he's a he's I an do, old school I player. One hundred percent get that. I'm not knocking his game, but but 
he was given a chance to still play. He would have had to be a Jamal Crawford type of role, being a six-man coming off the bench. He said, I ain't coming off the bench. No, 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 no. I don't think he, he was came in, off the bench when in he OKC. Was, when he was in OKC. He came when off he the bench. Wasn't ha- he, he wasn't happy it, that, doing it. Wasn't the expectation. I, but that, I get that. I get that. It wasn't that. the expectation. It's just. Did you see the interview? Yeah. I, 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 no, saw, I saw parts of it. No, and I saw And in Houston. Yeah. He, he don't want to play for D'Antoni again. No, yeah. No, I mean. Again? Yeah, no, I, saw, no, I saw the whole We saw how that turned out. And yeah. Melo don't talk. So to me. No, he really, he really doesn't talk about no, much. That's what I'm saying. So for me, he never for him to come on ESPN and do this interview, to me, I believe he is. He knows. He, in fact, hearing him talk, he knows he has to come off the bench now. And he said he's willing well, to make I, that change. Because I, th- he's I think this. because like when he. When he was uh, traded to Atlanta and then yeah. waived. <laughs> That's, yes. That was the last one that was made. He saw how everybody was playing, and I think he realizes now it's the best fit. When he yes. was in OKC in Houston, it's yeah. like, hey, I'm 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 one of the big three. Yes, I'm one of the big three. So, uh, so we can make th- we can make this happen. But it wasn't working out because of his style of play. It yes. clashed. Oh, with, with both of those I mean, teams. If, if yeah. the ball go to him, he but being a six man, 15, come off the bench. Yes, score 17, 18 points. Because he can he, help. He can help a contending team. Exactly. I really think he can. Yeah. Because you can't tell me that Melo can't score fifteen to seventeen points on anybody's second team. Today. Yeah, because he, he's going to oh, be yeah, like no. most likely in your second unit. You're going to have one. You got. You have that one guy. He, yes. He, you have he, who that one guy is going to get the ball. If he gets picked up by a team, he will most likely be the star of their second unit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. But, most, most definitely. But I forgot. Um, it was like, I think I want to say that it was the night after the interview. Somebody made a point. They was like, you got, you know, D-Way is supposed to be one of your people. CP and all them, your boys, they still playing. Like, you ain't heard nothing from them? Like, what does that, what? No, he said, no, no, he said he's well, talking to him. The, the he's talking to him. No, I'm the saying, players I'm are saying, support him. From the, I'm saying from the, from the league output side it's looking like they were saying like it looks like from what anybody that's not actually delving deep into their thing it looks like he was kind of getting shunned out from them and so a lot of people were saying like oh well, why are they speaking up and like you said he was like no we still talk you know it's nothing like that no ill will or whatever the- it's just him coming to terms and realizing how this NBA well his his, his role his role about. has changed and his, uh, I think he he the players are backing him like he should be in the league. Yeah, he, he should, should be, be playing, playing for somebody. I think he realizes now. It probably took him this this past season to realize that his role will be different if he wants to continue to play. Yeah, and we know that he can still play. It's just his style of play is more befitting of a six man. Um, I do think that that Team USA did him wrong though. Like, yeah. dude, he has won you three gold medals. Three. Uh, as your leading he's scorer, the leading, he's a leading um, scorer. I think y'all could, that, yeah. Uh, looking at who y'all got and all the people who dropped out, y'all could use a Carmelo right yeah, now. Y'all, they can USA use, they, has they can, done basketball wrong right now. They can use like, a, They can use a light skin. They can use a tall. Light I think skin. the only players they they have that have, that made an all star team. Well, their tall, light skinned dude is uh, Brooke Lopez. Yes, sir. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's the problem. The, the only two other players they have that have made an all star team are Kimball Walker. 
and Chris Middleton. Oh, yes. That's who they. That's who Team USA is so, putting so out there right now. Are they officially going back to that second, third string college player with Team USA? Is that what they're trying to do? No, well, they, but they they're, love, they said they're in the NBA right yeah, now. They would love. They, they would love to take NBA players, but a lot of these NBA, <laughs> the, NBA these guys, these guys yeah. are at best starters on yeah. an NBA team. But I think the thing is also is that with with the Olympics, the Olympics are are in basketball. The Olympics is the bigger event. Yeah. In the World Cup, what FIBA wants to do is make the World, World Cup, Cup yeah. bigger than the Olympics, like how it is in soccer, soccer where yeah. the World Cup is bigger than the Olympic soccer. Yeah, but that's not; it doesn't happen overnight. Yeah, no. But so the play, so the star tomorrow. players, so the star players that have been dropping out are like, well, this is just a World Cup. This is just a qualifier. Yeah. We're, we're going. We go. We're going to. Where is it in 2020? Where's the Olympics? Tokyo. Uh, Think so. We're think going so. to Tokyo in 2020, yeah, and we're going to yeah, win yeah, this. Yeah. We and, don't care about this right and now, and a lot of them have new teammates. And it was one I never they thought want, about. We want to get used to playing with it. it, 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 it um, that's that, and that to me is the biggest problem. Yeah, we got a lot of new players, a lot of new they teams. They got to figure. They and there's a lot more parity in the league in these cases. Yeah, well, it, it, they want to. Yeah. There's no big three. It, no. Everything yeah. looks like NBA. Jam. It looks like NBA Jam right now. Yes, sir. Exactly. Quick, Lakers. Can they? Where can they? Where do you see the Lakers falling at the end of the season like next year? Right now, currently, currently as they stand, because they still. I think they're shoot. like a a four four seed at best, mm-hmm. only because it, it looks like LeBron, Anthony Davis. You could say Kuzma since he wants to be the third guy, but yeah. it looks like a ragtag bunch still again. <laughs> They'll make the playoffs. Why was it a big? Why was it a big deal that LeBron is going to play point guard? Why was that a big deal? It was a big deal for him because he wants to make. He is the point guard. Yeah, he wants. He's been the point guard. No, he's the thing though. The runner. History says. History says LeBron playing with big men. The big man has to change their game. LeBron has never had to change when he was in Cleveland. But LeBron thirty-seven. He he's thirty-four. Okay. Close to 36. <laughs> but, but the big man has to change yeah. When he went to Miami, yeah. Chris Bosh is yeah. standing in the game. corner waiting yes. for the ball. Yeah. When he yeah. went back to Cleveland, Kevin Love Kevin is standing Love, in the yeah. corner. Those are guys who are post players who can shoot the three. Yeah. Now they just shoot threes. Yeah. And then going to L.A., he didn't Anthony have Davis. that guy. But Anthony Davis is not going to be standing in the corner waiting for the ball to shoot threes. That's yeah. not his game. No. So you need to have him be the first option in the offense. That's and that's something that's never been the case with LeBron. But so I think moving LeBron, him to point guard, have him make the decisions of where to go with the ball. Who is their coach? But he's always been Frank the point Vogel. Guard. He coached he got, the he Pacers. Got about tw- he got about twelve different head coaches. On he used that to team. coach the um, Pacers. Who do he used to coach the Pacers, Pacers and the Magic? Pacers, yeah. They also have Lionel Hollins and I don't have and, uh, Jason, Jason Kidd. Kidd and. <laughs> I don't have and, else? and Kurt Rambis is somewhere around that, there. Rambis yeah. is somewhere yeah, around there. Kurt Rambis is somewhere around there. I think for me that's the problem. I don't have like I can see LeBron doing his job. I can see Anthony Davis doing his job. I can see the rest of the players figuring Excuse out me. where they need to be. I have no faith in your holders of the clipboard. I have no faith in them at all. I mean, you don't. You like, know, honestly, don't you really even don't put know what kind of team they're going to be. I think they're going to be Just very good. Jason Kidd is gonna they're going to be good defensively. The Lakers will be a good defensive team. They're, where their struggles will be is with scoring, especially shooting. Three. They got to get a shooter because they they're going to be playing team. They're going to be playing yeah. a lot of teams. They still don't have shooters. The whole West, all they do is like their well, best shooter might be KCP and Kuzma. Yes. 
I forgot about KCP. He did. They, and they signed Quinn Cook. Like Quinn Cook, like played. Yeah. He really played. Like he yeah. didn't play a whole lot of minutes with the Warriors. He yeah. really yeah. didn't. No. Did and they not. signed him. They signed uh, Troy Daniels, who's played. I feel like for at least twenty five percent of the league. Shooting threes. He can shoot the three, but he's not going to be your savior out no. there as far as having a shooter. Because they need to shoot on the floor when they start the game off. Who's that shooter? You still don't have it. Like, they're, they're starting. I still don't know I still don't know what their starting lineup is going to be. I mean, they'll have Davis. They'll have LeBron. Let me tell you what's funny, they'll, though. And they have Kuzma. But are they going to start a point guard? Are they going to start Rondo, who came back? Are they going to start Quinn Cook? Are they going to start Avery Bradley? Let me tell you like, they have a lot of options, but they really don't have anything solidified. And let me tell Nothing you what's, that jumps out at you. Let me tell you what's funny about, um, like, get out there. Not about the knowledge <laughs> thing. All right, all right, your turn. Pick names out of a hat. Now, you know what? You go. You go. You, guy over there, yeah, play. Anthony Davis was in New Orleans for seven years. They never got a shoot. But they got they a did. shooter they now. They did. They got a shooter They had now. Darius Miller, who he played with at Kentucky. They got a shooter That's now. one guy. It went, got J.J. Reddick. <laughs> Who's a shooter now? <laughs> yeah, he's gone. yeah, and now he's gone. See, there was there were some players that the Lakers should have signed yes. if they were going to be like, okay, but these they didn't dudes know. So are threats. JJ Reddick is supposed JJ to help the babies down there now, but they didn't know. They they offered no, 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 him the money. No, no, that's what I'm saying. So he's basically it's, got it's to help all those babies. It's Duke South. Yes, sir. It's okay. Duke South it's down there. Duke, they, they got Duke five Duke players on that roster. Hey man, we've been. Hey, Young is still going through my phone, man. I don't appreciate this. <laughs> hey, Young. Some nice things over there. That's some nice things over there. What you looking at over there, Young? I'm I running. See you I'm, I'm running the show. That's what oh, I'm that doing. What you doing. That's what I'm doing. That's what you're doing. I can't tell you because you show we're smiling, and they ain't never seen you smile like that. Running. Hey, look yeah. at my phone, yeah. not his own. Uh-huh. My phone. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh-huh. it's, it's a good what thing. Happened what happened was, uh-huh. um, uh-huh. you know, I got. Um, uh huh. This, that, and, and the third. That, uh-huh. You know, just, just. I that's love, some, I love, our, I love uh, yeah. our people. The you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I love our people. people. That's, yes. that's, that's when you go that's with that. it. Yeah, I, 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 that's I, I want to know what you're covering right now, bro. <laughs> <laughs> just love our people, so nothing. It's just hot right hot, now. It's, it's got a little hot over there, huh? Just, just got a little warm over there, huh? That's, yeah, how, that's how we do it. Yeah, but I think, I don't, uh-huh. you know, Melo. Uh, but see, Melo. We, we need to talk about, about Melo. We, yeah, we need to talk about Melo. We need to talk about Melo. See, you distracted over there. <laughs> we stopped talking about Melo <laughs> a long time ago. We've we been what? past that, sir. Houston, what are they going to do? Is Wessel. Is Fighting what? practice. Okay. <laughs> My ball. How about doing the game? They My might fight during the game, too. Continue to fight. Man. Like the referee will have a call a jump ball between two people, two people. on the yeah. same team. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, that's gonna be interesting. <laughs> hey, man, I want to show... see that happen though. Like for real, like it's I really need to see this happen. <laughs> hey, y'all, it's gonna be interesting. Hey, man, what you doing over there? What are we doing? Oh, we got a caller. No, 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 no. We just oh. had somebody listening and all that good stuff like that. Nice. What you doing, man? Nice. I'm listening. You, you ain't sure? listening. You sure will smile. I ain't never seen you smile that much. He got, you know? he got a whole roll of it's, it's, a, it's a lot of things I ain't Hey, man, seen. we finna get ready to take a break. We're gonna take a break because we're gonna, um, gonna get Chris Anthony Hamilton. Yeah, I need to get out the way. He's man. the writer, <laughs> director, Y'all um, like Body, Body and Son, Son. the new is movie, the sh- short movie, to the film, film thing he's gonna tell us about. He wrote it. He's going to tell us about the film and everything. We're going to come right Word. back. We're going to talk about some of this black excellence when we get back. Yes, sir. Holler at your 404-603-8770. If you're in your mammy neighborhood, tell her it's a total recall. one 888 926 We will be right back. 
Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, talking random-ish family. It is your girl, the lovely Starlight. I'm also in the building here with Rick Kane. What's the deal, Pilkle? It's your boy Rick Kane. I'm in the building. How y'all doing? We good, we good. Uh, Once again, if you want to come and shop, it is 404-603-8770 or... If you're in your mammy basement, please let her know. It is a toll-free number. It's not one of them 999999 sex numbers. It is not. It's 888. Get a little sexy sometimes. It is one 926 And also, we on Facebook Live, Talking Random-ish. That's T-A-L-K-N. Yep. Random-ish. Random-ish. Subscribe. I will come back and like you and all that. Right now... We have a writer, director of a short film. Yes, indeed. Mr. Charles Anthony Hamilton is in the building. And, um, <laughs> him slow. They crowd a little slow. Yeah, they they, still, up, they still looking. Yeah. He's <laughs> in the building. He, like I say, he's a writer, director. Of this new short play, short film. Mm-hmm. Tell us about it, man. How did you? What is this? Who is this? What is it about? Man, it's a lot of things. It's a lot of things. Uh-huh. You know, we talk about black excellence. We um, we're we at Sour Milk, which is this anthology series that my film Body and Son is a part of, mm-hmm. is all about expressing black excellence and bringing it into the mainstream, like having okay. a conversation about what it is. To um, to have the experience, the black experience, um, just out in in the mainstream, and um, so Body and Son is a story of a nine year old boy uh-huh. who uh, lives with a single mom, and mm-hmm. he finds kind of uh, an unusual friend in the form of a dead body that he finds near his school, okay. and he confides in it 
in uh, he confides in it about being bullied. And um, eventually, when his real father shows up, uh, things start to kind of get complicated and jump off a little bit. Don't they always? Indeed. So in the it's black uh, exactly. Yeah. So it's a, it's a story about a lot of things. You know, it's about um, being a single parent, being um, an African American male, trying to grow up without a father in your home and in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, you know, it's about the struggle of urban communities that don't have the kind of support. Um, that you find in other communities. So, um, yeah, it's a story that I wrote uh, quite a while ago and never really found the, the right kind of concoction of people and resources mm-hmm. to, to make it happen until I, I made the move to Atlanta. I spent eight and a half years in Brooklyn, which is where I cut my teeth in the film industry, mm-hmm. had the opportunity um, to work with you know, some of my heroes, including Spike Lee and, and okay. Ava DuVernay. Um, and then she's, she's hot right now. Yes, indeed. She's definitely yes, indeed. hot right now. Yep, yep. Um, so you know, very grateful to have yeah, have had the opportunity to learn alongside those 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 incredibly inspiring filmmakers. Um, yeah, and brought my experience um, from New York down here to Atlanta and met uh, an incredible group of people. Um, the amazing independent film community here has been extremely supportive of me. Um, and then ran into. Jason C. Louder, an incredible local Atlanta actor, and um, Anthony R. Page, another incredible R. Page, um, yes, director here in Atlanta. In fact, let me get a um, shout out to Anthony R. Page, who was supposed to be here tonight. He's um, the ben- magnificent yeah. writer, director, producer. Indeed. He did the, um, the series, the Blue Series, the Blue series the Blue that series. we yeah. talked about a few months ago. That was, that was part of our girl, Juva. Um, he did those six plays. He was part of that, and he brought that in. So I, I wanted to shout him out. He was supposed to be here tonight, but he had some yeah. things go on. He had to take care of family. Is that um, shouts out and love to him. Anytime you welcome, you are welcome. Hey, somebody just walked in the barbershop. What you need? What you want? Yo, Rick. Yo, Starlight. Hello. How are you, sir? Hey, man. I, y'all y'all I might be waste, in trouble. I want to waste any time because I want to get right to this. Get Charles, right to that's, it. That's your name, right? Charles Hamilton? Sorry, it's Chris Anthony Hamilton. Hi, how are Chris you? Chris Anthony Hamilton. Let's go. Hey, let's listen, go. man. I'm, my appreciation for films, especially our films, is almost 100% as a consumer. Mm. And I've been to like three film festivals, black film festivals, over the last 10 years. And two of them I went to twice. And y'all are really out here doing y'all thing. That's real. Thanks to digital. Mm. Thanks to digital. That's true. And I, I'm, not, so I'm saying that to get to these two questions. Has it made it easier for you to put your work together as far as creating the work? Has it made it more difficult because the competition has grown so much heavier mm. because, to get distribution? Right, right, right. Because I've seen a lot of good stuff. Yep. But I know the competition's got to be rough, Black. There's no You've doubt. seen some terrible stuff, too. No doubt. There's a lot of trash. I mean, that's real. There's, there's <laughs> well, a lot of trash. Not just the trash, <laughs> yeah. but the competition for the good stuff. That's real, too. digital makes it so much easier to do. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I mean, that's a great question. I mean, digital has given opportunities to people that um, all they needed was resources. Mm-hmm. You know, that had the talent, um, that had the vision, had the ideas, and, the, and even the experience, you know. Um, and certainly shooting on 35 millimeter film even 16 millimeter film that made it um you know the 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 cost alone made it prohibitive for a lot of filmmakers yes um i came up uh, i went to film school in new york and learned um shooting on on 16 millimeter film and cutting and splicing my own film on uh you know on 
on a deck, and then um, and then when digital came out, it just happened to be at the time when I was getting out of film school. So I came into uh, in the industry at a time when it was being revolutionized by the technology. Oh, um, nice. And so I was very fortunate to have had the experience of, of you know, learning how to do it manually, like analog, and then using those same tools and skill sets to apply it to digital in a way that um, not everybody had, you know. So I, I really uh, am grateful for that. So to answer your question, I would say that it has in some ways made things easier because of the access, for sure. I mean, you can get you can get a, a, a camera today that is consumer prices and is this is a camera? My, my phone is, is a camera in my pocket, and you can you can you can make a film with yes. with the with the, uh -huh. the phone in your pocket. Um, and if it suits the story, then it doesn't it, you know it doesn't really matter what the technology is. Um, and you know, I see that over and over again. Yes. Um, so it has made it has made it easier in that sense. But it is. But to me, I, I don't think about it that way. Um, simply because, no matter no matter what the technology is or what the resources are that I need to pull together in order to make a, a film or tell a story that I think is is important, it's still it's it's still difficult to to it's still difficult to make art. You know, yes. especially yes. film because you cannot do it by yourself. Anybody yes. who thinks that they can, those are those are the folks that are making trash. But you got to get because because it's so hard to get actors that can create that can That's real. emulate what you want them to do. Absolutely. I mean, they're trying, but they can't be in your head, right? right. And ninety ninety percent of the job, as far as I'm concerned, as a director, is casting. If you can cast the person that you saw in your head when you wrote the script or when you read the script and saw uh, saw that character in your mind. If you can bring that, if that person walks in the room and you can get them to be in your movie, then your job is almost done as a director, uh -huh. you know. And then it's just about building the world around that actor to make the film, to make the story come to life. Um, so yeah, casting is, is incredible, and, and that's a, and that's an enormous resource that does not really have anything to do with whether you're shooting on 35 millimeter, 60 millimeter, or an iPhone. It really don't make no difference. Could you talk a little bit before you go this evening? Could you talk a little bit about the difficulties of distribution? Because I went to the film festival in Miami, the one where they take the eight, the one where they take all the films and they're on um, real TV. Mm -hmm. um, what's my man's name? He used to be the rapper Banner. Okay. Banner hosts mm -hmm. that show. You know what I'm talking about? David Banner hosts yeah. that show on the cable network where they show all those um, African American films, primarily from that Miami film festival. Okay. And I was I was there with two honeys, and they were telling me that as good as these films are, they were seeing. She was one of them was telling me uh, there's a lot more to they couldn't even get in. Right. Dist distribution is tight for quality films these days. Could you talk about it a little bit? And I'll listen to that off the air because yeah. I hope you make it, man. This I is appreciate that. Business. But if you're making good stuff, if you're making good thought-provoking stuff, and even if you're making foolish stuff that's funny, because I, I like right, that. Right. <laughs> well, check this out, Eric. I, I, want to see I, need you to, I need you to make sure you listen so you can know when his um, project no, yeah, comes yeah, yeah. out so you can go see it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, 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 so we can go see it. Yeah, so you, yeah. while you pay for all of us to go see it. That's right. You can see the trailer um, right now at SourMilkSeries.com, um, which is where... We have all information about the entire anthology, including my film, Body and Son. Um, so, yeah, I mean, getting your work seen is uh, a, definitely a challenge in a different way than it was before there was so, there were so many digital platforms. I mean, yes. now you can, you can make a film and put it up on YouTube, and yes. it's out there for the world. And you never know if that, it, could go, it could go viral the next day. Yes. So it's really a roll of the dice, you know, as opposed to, you know, whatever, 20 years ago when 
getting a short film seen by anybody required that you get it into a film, a festival. film festival. Yeah. And people will have to go and talk about it, and then you got to get it into multiple film festivals. And then, even then, you, there's nowhere, there's yeah. no platform, there was no platform to see just short films. You would have to, you know, the hope would be that your short film becomes a proof of concept for a feature-length film mm -hmm. or a TV show or whatever, and somebody sees your vision and wants to give you that opportunity to throw, you know, millions of dollars in front of you to say, hey, let's make this into a feature film that would go into theaters. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Eric. Oh. Hey, you need to see my cashier, man, and give him some real money this time. I don't need that fake mess you've been trying to pass hey, on. Man, like, I don't want that. Hey, 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 we, hey, hold on, hold on. I need you to go to the grocery store after you pay my cashier <laughs> some dead backs, some dead presidents. Get out of my barbershop, man. We'll see you next week. I want to tell them about this idea I have for a move for a Browns fan. We'll talk about that next week. We don't want to hear about no Browns. Hey, cut, cut, cut him off. Get him out of here. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I have a question for you. Hit me, man. You said you, um, you was getting out of school yeah. at the turn of analog and digital. Yeah. I know in the music industry, mm. a lot of guys like to go back to that old analog sound. They don't no like the digital doubt. sound. Yes. And what is that like in the film industry? It's the same. It, yeah, honestly, uh -huh. it's it's it, it's the very much the same kind of um, trend right now in film. So you see a lot of cats out here, including myself, either going out and try and shooting film or trying to shoot film um, because of. There is an intangible element that uh -huh. makes a, a real difference between shooting digital and shooting film. Even if it's just the feeling that you have on set, like yes. literally the feeling that the ca that the cast and crew have on a set that is shooting on 16 or 35 millimeter film is different. It changes the atmosphere in the room, mm -hmm. you know, because people know that every single frame of that film is real money. Yes. Like it has real value. Whereas mm -hmm. a lot of the time you're shooting digital, you know, people just roll and roll and roll and don't really think too Cut, deeply splice. about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They don't yeah. think too deeply about about the value of every frame that is being captured. Whereas in film, it gives you instant credibility, and you know what I mean. It, it takes it takes the the the, t the tone on set to uh, to a different level and elevates it. So for me personally, I because I have like a real kind of tangible experience shooting on film. It, there, there is a, a quality to it that I know as a technician, because I'm also a cinematographer, um, that is really un, unmatchable. Do me a favor. Yeah. Let's stop. Let's go. What the hell is a cinematographer? A cinematographer. And that, I'm asking for the lame, because yeah, you no know doubt, we, no see this, we see this word, <laughs> oh, that's this big cute you. word. Let's what go. the hell is a cinematographer? <laughs> a cinematographer, also known as a director of photography, uh -huh. that is the that is the person, the technician on set, who is responsible for the the camera work and the lighting. Still, uh, do they take a lot of the still photos? They do not take still photos. They do not take no. still. What is the hell is a still photo? Uh, that's a photographer. Okay. So yeah, okay. photographer. Okay. Okay. Still photos on a on a on a digital or a, a, an analog camera. Uh -huh. um, a cinematographer is creating images, creating moving images. Okay. With either a digital or a film camera, um, but they're the one who's who's behind the camera, calling shots in terms of how a scene is going to look, in terms of where the camera will be, how it will move, um, and what the lighting is like. So, what's the difference between a cinematographer? Cinem Am Cinemato I saying it right? Yeah, yeah. DP for short. We DP. say. And a director of the the director and the DP are really uh, two peas in a pod. They are, you know, the the DP is really the director's right hand because okay. they are the two creative minds that are going to determine what you everything about the frame. 
So, you know, the, it's the DP's responsibility to bring the director's vision to life on the screen, mm -hmm. to, to, to make every frame, you know, uh, look and feel the way that the director envisioned from the top. Did you wear both of these hats in this film? In, in this film, I did not. I was very fortunate okay. to have an incredible DP. His name's Alfeo Dixon. Shout out to Alfeo. He shot all three of the films that I've made here in Atlanta because he's just a G. And, um, you know, we have a rapport. And it, like I said, that that relationship is extremely critical yes. because, they're, you know, you develop a shorthand with that person. You know, that person kind of knows the way that you flow and knows the way that you, um, you know, that you the, your sensibility. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and for the director to be able to just focus on working with the actors and working with what is going to appear in the frame, like with the production designer, who's who's the person who's creating, um, who's putting all of the elements that you actually see yeah. in the world, mm -hmm. designing the sets and, yes. and, 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 you know, deciding what the props will be that the actors are going to interact with. So the director's focusing on that while the DP is is working with the camera, deciding whether the camera's going to be on a tripod or on a dolly or on a steady camera on a crane and, uh, okay. and designing the lighting for each scene. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Um, go ahead. You got a question? Uh, yes. So when it comes with, like you were talking about the director and casting. Yes. For your film, like you said, this is about the bond of a child. Right. And a dead body. That's right. One, how old um, was your um, actor who mm -hmm. played the young boy? Yeah. And two, how did you get him to be able to act and bond with something that's not speaking but basically it's an inanimate object exactly like so that whole thing like how did that dynamic come about man I, i'm so grateful to have had the opportunity to for this young man to john watts who plays the character deshaun in the film and uh, you know the script that's written as a nine-year-old he's 11 uh, at the time that he that he played the role okay um but you know like i said when when a person walks in with the role it just you know as a director it's like a gift, mm -hmm. you know, because you, you you imagine when you, if you're the writer as well, you write the character out and you just imagine what they're, they're going to look and feel like and you have a very specific idea. Um, and typically, especially when casting kids, a lot of the time you'll see, you know, dozens of kids yes. yeah. to try to fill that role, especially if it's the lead, um, because it has to be just right. And that car that person has to carry a lot of weight on their shoulders if they're shouldering the, the lead role of a whole film. In this particular case... DJ Watts walked in and he it was exactly that he was this character and um, you know he read the the, the scenes that um, for his audition and it just it, it was as if the character that I had written was sitting in front of me you know nice. after all these years like literally I wrote the script 10 years ago mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden this young man walks into the door and he is the character that I wrote um, and after reading um, the scenes with us you know, he at, at the tender age of 11, with his mom in the room with us, um, you know, he, he told me that he felt something very familiar about this character because of he, he, there were some parallels between his life and the, and the character's mm -hmm. life. You know, and, and he felt a real connection there, which was something that I thought was, it took me aback because it's, it's a very kind of mature statement for a yeah. young man to make, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, so yeah, it was, it, it was an incredible, uh, it, was a, it was an incredible feat of grace that he just happened to walk in to, to, to this audition. And then working with, um, you know, there, there's, there's one scene where he has to have a conversation with this body. Mm -hmm. um, so the idea of, Obviously, uh, in the script, a nine-year-old having a conversation with a corpse is is 
very dark, very. you know, and, and morbid and, and all that. But you, but it, it, there, it belies kind of a, an innocence, you know, yes. because, and you see it in his face. These, you know, you just, you, he just kind of emotes in a way that you, that is instantly familiar to you with, with the kind of melancholy that is really evocative. Um, so, you know, we actually, so I, I got to give a shout out to, to Hopely, who was my, um, script uh, supervisor and she was there reading um, with Dijon when we were doing the audition her idea um, was to kind of create some lines because uh, you know in the script obviously the body doesn't talk so he's um, he has some lines and in his it's as if he's having a conversation where we don't hear the other side uh-huh. yes. you know he says something and he imagines the body's response and he responds to that so um, it was Hope's idea that we have that we kind of create that conversation off camera for him you know he says a line and then i would kind of whisper my response that he would imagine is yeah. coming from the body and we'd create the conversation that way and in the edit i take out my voice yeah and it's just yeah. his you know so we so we just made it a conversation you know and um it really it, it's it's kind of haunting in a way because it's you know he, he in his mind is imagining that this is his yeah. father you know so there's this there's this crazy kind of to me, this kind of symbolism of what it means for a young black man not to have a father and to see it in someone that, you know, is almost like a ghost. How did you yeah. write this? Man, so I grew up in a Let's small town. Let's do it! Let's do it! Where did this film come from? Where did this, this, film, where did this, where did this come from? Where did, how did you write this? If this was yeah. 10 years ago, I'm sitting, you yeah, know, yeah, sat yeah. on it, you had to write it. Yeah, yeah. Was this therapy? Absolutely, 100%. Okay. That's exactly, okay. it literally was, okay. it felt like me sitting on the therapist chair to kind of just write this out, right? So I grew up in a small town. Like this character's life, Deshaun's life is not my life, right? Okay. So I was, uh, I, shout out to moms and pops. My family, my parents have been together since day one. Okay. So I was born in New York. We, they moved us to Massachusetts in a small town um, when I was still a baby. So my experience um, was very different from this character's. You know, I always saw this character as a, uh, as a young man who's growing up in an urban neighborhood. In fact, I, I wrote it when I lived in Brooklyn. And that's where I originally, I originally wanted the film to take place because that was what I was seeing. I lived in Bed-Stuy, so, you know, I was in a brownstone and looked out my door and saw single moms sitting on the stoops, you know, raising their kids mm-hmm. without dads around. You know, the kids running up and down the street, moms, you know, yelling at them, come inside, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it, it was kind of heart-wrenching for me because I, at a certain point, I understood that if things in my life had been just slightly different, I could have had a very different outcome. Mm-hmm. You know, if my parents hadn't stayed together, if my dad had left, if we had stayed in Queens or whatever, yeah. I would just have a very different life. I wouldn't have had the opportunity to meet a Spike Lee, to, uh, to work with an Ava DuVernay, to take a photograph of Bill Gates and work with him. You know what I mean? Like shit like that would never have happened to me. So um, so being in that environment um, at a time when Brooklyn was going through a transition, Bed-Stuy in particular. Yes, sir. You know, I moved there when I, in 2006 when mm-hmm. it was still oh, Bed-Stuy. It was, it was you, yeah. you, so you was in there doing the gentrification Absolutely. of Brooklyn. Yes, sir. So I got there and, you know, U-Hauls of white folks rolling up every weekend. And mm-hmm. next thing I know, there's a Michelin star rated restaurant around the corner from wow. me where I couldn't afford to go. Exactly. You know, grocery stores and, and, then and Bro- bodegas. The, the, the Brooklyn Nets was... Exactly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. popped off. Brooklyn popped off, you Yes. Know? 
Um, so seeing that and seeing these families that had been there for generations yes. kind of being pushed out and all mm -hmm. that, you know, it, it, it affected me. So I started to imagine, you know, what my life could have been if things had gone slightly differently. Um, and, and I just, I just saw this character. I saw a different version of myself, you know, in another kind of parallel universe. Um, and I just had to, I had to write it out. So I did. And, um. And like I said, it did, the, the circumstances, the, the, there, was some, there was some just kind of, something just wasn't quite right in New York for whatever reason. You know, I just sat on it for a long time. And then um, moving to Atlanta, it just, uh, all the wheels just started turning. You know, I made these, these, uh, these two other short films prior to this one. What's um, the name of those? Uh, the first one is called Something Bigger, starring Tia L'Oreal and Amanda Rochelle, um, both, of, both of whom um, went on to, to be in Body and Sun as well. Um, because, you know, I formed a family here. Yeah. You know, yeah. Specifically, a black family. Mm -hmm. Because in Massachusetts, I lived in a white town. And even in New York, working in the film industry, it still never felt, it, it just didn't feel quite as diverse as you might imagine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was often the only black dude on a crew, mm -hmm. on a film crew, in the camera crew. And, and, and there'd be like, you know, there'd be groups, there'd be like a, a, a black grip and electric crew that would go from job to job together. Yeah. You know? So there was, it, it, just, it just didn't feel like the kind of melting pot that we always imagine. Uh, New York to be yeah. and then coming down to Atlanta it felt very different it just felt like that it felt like you know I belong here it felt like this was someplace that I was welcomed and that you know a, a chocolate city is is like a real thing and yeah. it, and it's it, to me it, it was someplace that um, you know offered me something that I had never really felt before um, so you know meeting actors like Tia and, uh, and and Amanda and then Keith Douglas who was the star of my second film Broken Branches along with Patrick DeSeal who um, who played um, uh, the bully Terrell in the movie Moonlight um, so meeting them um, uh, you know all of those people that I've met along the way in Atlanta kind of became like the, the secret sauce that I was missing um, in order to finally make Body and Son. Um, so Tia and Amanda and Keith all came on board to be a part of um, Body and Son because it was just the right people at the right time in the right place. Um, and then I got the call from Jason Louder um, after um, being introduced um, through another film director. And um, he had this, he called me and said he had this idea that he was developing along with Anthony, Anthony R. Page mm -hmm. um, to create this anthology of short films about post-traumatic slave syndrome. Mm. And I said, well, I don't post-traumatic, I sounded familiar, like post-traumatic slave syndrome, but I didn't really know what it was. Um, and, you know, post-traumatic slave syndrome is, um, it's, a, it's a theory that really um, explains the adaptive behavior of African American of the African American community as a result of slavery mm -hmm. over the course of generations mm -hmm. so during slavery slavery and then all the aftermath you know yes, why it explains kind of how we have made it this far and what what it is that we are going through as mm -hmm. a trauma and that's exactly what it is you mm -hmm. know we have been traumatized over the course of generations and we are still figuring out how to deal with it. You know, like a like a, a, a veteran of war comes home, and they and you know that they're diagnosed with PTSD. They have to recover, and there's a period where they they seek treatment. Mm -hmm. We have not had that chance. You know, slavery ended, and then we were just thrown into society 
uh, as free men and women, but we weren't free, you know? Yeah. And to this day, we are still suffering from that trauma in ways that manifest, you know, in, in any myriad of ways, you know what I mean? Like the, the way that, the way, in ways that we still are struggling to understand. Um, so Sour Milk and uh, is an exploration of that. So it's essentially the idea is it's 16 short films, different filmmakers, different directors and writers, um, all of uh, different genres of films. So mine is a family drama. You know, there there would be there's comedy, there's um, noir, sci-fi, Afrofuturism, nice. all on the same theme of post-traumatic slave syndrome. Okay. Um, Body and Sun is essentially episode one. That's the what's up. Nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, coming from Brooklyn, and no, my real question to this is: Now that we're talking about this, um, this, the slavery, the history of slavery, and everything, reparations. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, how do you feel about reparations? It's, you know what? This is such an incredible conversation to have amongst Black people because people. The, I, there was the discussion came up in Congress recently, like yes. a couple weeks ago. Yes, that's, right? that's yeah. one of the that's one of yeah. the big that's one of the big um, <clears throat> excuse me that's one of the big platforms exactly. for the the whole democ democratic side of this thing is reparations. Right. right. And so now that you the, the, these films are post slavery, so yeah, that, yeah. that's what prompted me to ask you how no do you, how do you feel and 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 about reparations. Yeah. I know this has nothing to do with these films. Or nothing, no, it but, has everything to do with it, yeah. How do you feel, feel about does. black folk getting their reparations? I feel like the the United States government owes the African-American community, the descendants of slaves, something more than we have been given. And, and I think that reparations, even symbolically, needs to... It needs to exist in some form. We tired of symbolics, though. I agree. I agree. But I mean, I we feel need like some, we need some. I think we need. I, I some. don't know what the. I don't know what like the dollars and cents are. You know, I don't know yeah. whether how much land we're supposed to get and all that shit. So, uh, you know, I don't know if it's forty acres, acres and a mule. And, uh, we FCC regulated. Okay. Uh, okay. My bad. Oh, we supposed to get them forty acres. Uh -huh. I got a question. And a Maybach. I got a question. And a Maybach. <laughs> yeah, forty acres. But okay. if we get the money, will yeah. we be able to handle it? Probably not. But get to. Nobody handles money. Let me figure that out. President of the United States lost $10 billion. Like, what, let, let me figure that out. Hey, it, all, let, like he let, let me figure that out. Get, get it to me. You know, for real. Let me worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. what I was saying. Yeah, I mean, let, that's how the country about. works, though. I mean, it gives you money. Because you gave, you gave reparations to the Native Americans. Right. Barely. Barely. I mean, hey, but yeah, they did something. They got it. Hey, they got it. So Native Americans have gotten something. The Jewish people Jewish, has got it. Jewish Americans have gotten something. Japanese Americans have mm -hmm. gotten something. Everybody has got reparations, but black folk, right? Kind of need something. I, and I think Just this. I think something. this. I think this country cannot truly cannot truly move forward in good conscience unless it addresses this issue directly. And I think reparations is that is that is the, how we address that. Right, because it's not it's not real, it's not tangible for millions yeah. of African American people until that happens. I don't even care about equal no more. I just want it to be equitable. Exactly. Like everybody needs an equitable footing. Right. At this point. Right. You know, and I feel like you know some people would argue. Uh, I, I mean, I, there's so much nuance to the conversation, and I think that it's that it's important that we have these conversations 
in that manner right now. But I mean, the simple fact is, I think African Americans in this country deserve to to know that the government um, acknowledges that they were that they were wrong, that it was wrong, that we the African Americans built this country. That, that this country was built on the backs all black, back, all, all, all sweat, of black blood, slaves, slaves. That's and right. All that down. And that it continues to this day. Yeah. That it continues to this day. That the trauma as a result of that is generational, and that that the repercussions will continue to be felt for generations. Yeah. And it has to be. Uh, it's. It has to be something that we do together, right? Because you know what I always the oh, thing that, hey, that, that jumps out at me. The thing that always jumps out at me, like the example of post-traumatic slave syndrome, right, on the plantation is to me like it's not it's not it's not just the black story. It is the American it's story. The American story. It's the American yes. story. Yes. Right. So so not only were the slaves who watched their family members lynched on those plantations were traumatized, but so were the children of the slave owners yeah. who watched their fathers whip and 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 lynch these people because you you their minds were poisoned yeah their minds were poisoned and that was a shared experience we share that experience so i think for me personally as an african-american person i have to get on the couch myself first and deal with my trauma myself first i have to do that i owe that to myself i owe that to my daughter i owe that to my family i owe that to my descendants I have to do that first. That's my responsibility. Okay. I got to ask you something stupid. Yeah, go ahead. This thing has been too serious for too long. Ah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I used to be asked the question. Me and some guys used to be asked the question why men cheat. Uh-oh. And we used to say because of slavery. <laughs> because they took us from slavery from house to house to, uh. <laughs> to, to, to reproduce from house to house. Yeah. So it's been in us since slavery. So is that, is that a post-traumatic slavery syndrome? Man, can I can I can I can I use that? Hey, that's nature, like man. That's, that's, nature. Nature. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way of life, man. But but, but, but it comes from slavery. But it comes from slavery because they take they took they took the man and made the man. Made the how many? Yeah, how many? They made us. Yeah. How many mates a lion got? I mean, I, I'm not a lion. I'm just a black man. It's who, just nature. I mean, because yeah. right. yeah. because of slavery, they took us from house to house, and we had to we had to we had to perform. But that's facts. Right now, yeah. I mean, that's facts. Like, so that's not everybody post, even knows that fact. Post-dramatic that's post-traumatic slave syndrome. Yes, sir. I told y'all I had a reason. <laughs> y'all keep... Yes, sir. <laughs> hey, ain't gonna lie. I'm running with that. Hey. I'm running with that. But that's, Post-dramatic mm-mm. slavery syndrome. Women. <laughs> we can't help it. I, did, I do not sign off. <laughs> I cannot We can't help it. Expressed by King, uh, not the <laughs> exactly. of the full Dr. Exactly. Randomish family. My brother, yes, sir. Please let us know uh. who you are. Yes. What you're doing? Where it's at? Yeah. Where can we find all of this? Yes, sir. Please let us know. Body and Son has this world premiere, August twenty second, Thursday, August twenty second, at the Hyatt Regency, at one twenty p.m. Uh, as part of the Bronze Lens Film Festival. Um, so we need people to come out, sit in the seats, and vote for our film so that we can get the audience award because that's what we really care about is that we get people to come out and see this film and support this film. Say and that one more time. Say that. One, hey, make sure you turn his mic up. So you absolutely. Can hear. Turn his mic up. Say that one more time. World premiere, Body and Son, 
is coming up Thursday, August 22nd at the Hyatt Regency at, at 1.20 p.m. Get there early, please. Get there early. So get your seats and vote for Body and Son so we can get that audience award. And Sour Milk, you can find out more about Sour Milk at SourMilkSeries.com. You can see the trailer for Body and Son and, and uh, a couple other films that we have um, started together. And, yeah, you can follow me at Floby2K1 at F-L-O-B-Y-2K1 on Instagram. Uh, on there you can see, you know, pics and stuff from all the other stuff I do. I'm a commercial director as well, and, and um, you know, I direct other films. So, yeah, I'm out there. We out here. Sour milk in the building. Nice. We got to make these, we have to make these statements, and we have to talk to each other about these kind of things. So that's yes, what Sour Milk is trying to do, is create this conversation amongst ourselves and then broaden it to the wider the wider community so that we can all heal together, which is what it's really about, is, is healing and having a conversation that can start the healing process. So what do you hope this film leads you to? We, we getting ready to go. We got to go make it quick. What yep. do you hope this, this particular film leads to? Man, I hope, you know, single moms will come out and see this film and see themselves and say, yes, I understand that experience. I hope young black men will come out and see this film and, 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 and see themselves and say, yes, I understand that. And have a better understanding of themselves and can start to heal and, and feel like, you know, they are heard, that their story matters. And, um, yeah, and, and we can have that conversation. Charles Anthony Helms. Chris. Chris. Anthony Chris. Helms. Chris Anthony. Why did I say Charles? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> Chris Anthony Helms. Yes, sir. Thank y'all. Thank y'all Ma'am, very much. No, thank you. No, thank, thank you for you this series out. and thank you for helping me realize what my problem mm. was. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what he said, but sure. <laughs> Thank you it's for helping me realize <laughs> what's wrong with me. That's right. It starts. And brothers it starts like today. me. It starts today. We have to realize. It starts today. The date, August twenty second. Twenty second. Yes, sir. One o'clock. Yep. The Hyatt Regency. Hyatt Regency. Bronze Lens Film Festival. Body and Son. Come on out. Atlanta. Atlanta. Yes sir. yes, sir. Hey, nice. hey, talk around to me. Please support this brother. We're going to have all this information. Hopefully, he's going to send us all this information. That Absolutely. We gonna send us, he's going to send us I all will. this information. And we're going to post it on our website. Hey, y'all, it's about that time. It's about that time. To sweep the flows. Clean the clippers. Like skin, you ain't got to put your head down. <laughs> Chris got the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> the shop is closed. Get your hatred up. Street smarts. Get your information up. Watching belly smoking blunts take Jamaican puffs. One day I might have a house and car like Jamaican cuss. Credits rolled back to stress pound breaking up. Had to fight before we hustled and it made us tough. Early 90s neighbors rooster used to wake us up. Mama had a bucket and a shack but we ain't make a fuss. Blue cutlass, no license, 380 tucks. 96 Caprice, both the fast was saving up. They getting packed out if Try fade with us, Crenshaw, Slauson, true stories, oh, play the drums. <laughs> <laughs>